it is another podcast, another day here for a priest and a rabbi. This is Father Christian from St. Mary's Episcopal Church, and next to me in a digital sphere somewhere in the cloud is the most gorgeous rabbi that that people have. He, he's called the most eligible rabbi if he was single on the cover of Stuart News. It's Rabbi Matthew Durbin. Um, so how are you, brother? Good morning. Good morning. It is. Uh, it's great to see you. It's great to see you. It's very good to see you. Uh, you know, we 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 talk a lot about over these last three or four months. You know how we do miss the times where we could just get together, have lunch, have a hamburger. I miss your loud uh, eating skills. And when you you eat, you know you you you're, you're you're a masticator. You know how to masticate like it's nobody's business. So I do miss those times. And there's a lot of things that come up where we just like we miss, we miss, we miss. And so now it's like, okay, so what what do we? how do we deal with this new normal so we can really effectively do our jobs as shepherds of these flocks that we're, we've been called to serve from a pastoral perspective, from a leadership perspective, how do we empower people? So I think, I think we need to talk about that, man, and bring on a good guest who can tell us about what he does in order to get his congregation face-to-face, but, and also at the same time, follow good CDC guidelines. But I don't know, I think that's on my heart. Is that on your heart? You know, it is. I mean, I think I think one of the things that this has really brought about in the last five or six months is, you know, the need to be part of a community, whether it be a virtual community, whether it be uh, uh, the ability to reach out to others and, you know, whether they be friends or strangers. Uh, And I think that that's really that's really what it's really been about for us is that connection. You know, how do we connect in a virtual world as opposed to a, a separate separated world that we that we find ourselves in and what are those tools what are those keys what are what are some of those creative ways that we can safely and um um with with respect and and with integrity with others to be able to really bring that forward whether it be you know church services in a parking lot whether it be you know shabbat services in a parking lot in our community you know on the beach whatever it is to be able to really bring that to those that need it that's right uh, Padre Alberto Curie will be our guest today. He's going to be the one who's going to be chiming in. So he is a, uh, uh, he's an author, but he's also a, a media guy who has his own radio show and has had numerous talk shows on Fox and on Telemundo and Univision. Uh, he's going to come on today and really talk about what he, he has been up to because he likes to think outside the box. And we need more outside the box thinkers right now of how we do ministry. All that's coming up right here. So uh, before you, sh- you click for the rest of this podcast, please um, subscribe and, and leave some comments. We love reading your comments. We love responding to them, especially Matthew Durbin. Our, our Rabbi Durbin is just loves going on onto our Podbean and answering every single comment. He will do it. Every single comment, he will respond to you personally uh, and uh, share this. Share this with others so we can grow. We love expanding this ministry. Um, it is uh, important to us and to all of our sponsors who paid a lot of money for this to happen. Okay. Uh, God bless you. Enjoy the podcast. Bye. A priest, a rabbi, a priest, a rabbi, a priest, a rabbi. The opinions you hear from on this show do not represent WSTU, since they probably regretted over allowing the show on the air in the first place. 
nor do they represent Temple Bay Hayam or St. Mary's Episcopal Church, since they also wonder what the heck they did when they called these two men to lead their respective congregations. On that note, sit back, relax, grab your Bible or Torah, and enjoy another episode of A Priest and a Rabbi. Yeah, all right, another morning here on A Priest and a Rabbi. It is Father Christian Anderson from St. Mary's Episcopal Church here in Steerage, Florida. And I'm here with the always dashing, handsome rabbi, the best-looking rabbi this side of the Jordan River, sporting a tie today, sporting nice dapper hair today, sporting his diplomas and college degrees today. You are looking so sharp. Sometimes you're in your pajamas for the show, but now you're looking dapper. What's going on, man? Are you interviewing for like a bigger rabbi job in New York? Don't leave us. (laughs) No, I um, uh, you know, for, for for those that may not be 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 aware, we're we're actually right in the right in the throes of the high holidays. Um, Rosh Hashanah is two weeks from tonight, so I figured uh, I'm in the office today, not going to go home. Um, kind of stick through it all the way through services tonight. Uh, kind of you know get home around seven thirty, eight o'clock. Um, so might as well just uh, dress for success and uh, give it give it my give it my all. Yeah, man. So when you, when you, when you, on a Friday, this is your, this is your big day. This is like your Sunday for us, for us, uh, you know, Jesus people. So for, for on this day, your wife, the wonderful Rabbi Rose, she, she's pulling um, the Mack truck today. She's got to watch all three kids or does she go to after she's got to get back from her gig and then watch the kids all night? No, my wife's um, she's working from home today. So um, all my kids are at school. Shout out to for Rabbi sure. Rose. Yep. So she will, uh, she'll pick up my kids uh, this afternoon and take the youngest and yep, it's- uh, I like how you said she picks up your kids, not our kids, but your kids. So is that, is that like a, a Durban thing? They're like your kids and she's just- the Well, one no, because my kids were really well behaved this morning. So they're my kids. When oh, they're oh, not well behaved. Oh, okay. They're her kids. Her kids. Okay. I'm just learning. I just had a baby. So this is the language that I'll use too for a healthy marriage. Then how are you? Oh, dude, what's great. it? What's it like? It's just wonderful. Listen, man. I mean, today we're talking about the pandemic and the effect that it has upon um, how do you how do you effectively administer like pastoral care to your congregation. But I say personally, um, you know, we've everyone's been sheltering up. We don't go out as much. People don't come over as much. And for a newborn, that's great. I mean, it's it's just really been a nice blessing. Where it's just really the three of us. My mom just flew in, so that was a good three months before our baby even saw anyone in the family. But it really allowed Anastasia and I to figure it all out and know what it's like to just be parents and not have any help. And it's been a great blessing. So, um, but yeah, man, I mean, these, these are just, these are obviously these times change and uh, up our, our normal routine. And you and I as clergy members, are, we have a great responsibility to really care and love on our congregations. Um, the, the, the emotional, spiritual, physical, everything care of our, of our, of our flock and it's hard not to get a little discouraged during this time of not being able to do everything you would like to do normally to really care for your flock. Have you, have you felt discouraged at, at times or frustrated um, during these last three, four months? I think, or I think, I think for me, um, I don't know how much of it's been discouraging. I think it's been overwhelming. Um, certainly been very overwhelmed over the last little while of trying to reach as many as I can 
um, you know, we're, we're, we're also trying to organize uh, virtual services and liturgy and trying to get everything uh, set in order for the next two weeks. So I think that coupled with um, those that are ill, those that do, um, you know, seek um, companionship and, and support, um, you know, trying to be there. But I think as, as, as you well know, um, you know, it, it, it's really tough to be everywhere and anywhere um, in especially a, a time like this. And I think as a synagogue, we've, we, we've done reasonably well. I mean, I think with everything, as I'm sure you could probably reflect back and say, look, as a church community, could we have done better? Sure. I mean, it's like the adage that says, you know, when I was in high school or college, could I have worked harder? Sure. Um, but, you know, I think, I think we're trying as best we can, you know, we've done stuff, um, as I mentioned before, you know, uh, our services are virtual. We, we are, you know, my, my cantorial soloist and I are in our sanctuary. Uh, we, we, we broadcast our Shabbat evening services in an empty sanctuary. I broadcast Saturday mornings, our Shabbat morning service and um, prophetic study. We're actually in the book of Jeremiah right now, which is very exciting. Um, but we've done that all virtually. And then um, after Shabbat, we have a process called Havdalah, which is the separation of Shabbat from the working week. Or sorry, I should say the process of ushering out Shabbat and welcoming in the working week. And we've done over the last little while some drive-ins. So you know, you drive into the temple. We 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 uh, drive into uh, the congregate, temple. Uh, uh, my cantor Solos and I uh, in the breezeway, and we really we talk through its social, its interaction, and we and we do this this ritual, this custom of of havdalah for the community, which has been so wait, really do you set up great. speakers. What does that look like when you do a drive-in? And I, when you say temple, a lot of us uh, Gentiles will think of like the actual building, but for you, a temple is the whole campus. Once you get into the parking lot, that's yes. the temple, so, right? So for anyone who's ever visited um, our temple, as you come in, obviously it, it, it's a relatively big building um, and a long breezeway that leads into two multiple entrances, one for their preschool and the other for the temple itself. Uh, and we, uh, my cantorial solos and I, stand um, in the breezeway, kind of in that um, receiving line, so to speak. And then in the parking lot, people kind of just drive in, park your car. Um, the last one we did, which was about a week ago or two weeks ago, we actually had a radio station. So we could, um, you know, you turn into whatever FM radio, it's broadcast only from uh, the confines of our area itself. So for those who might not be comfortable rolling down your windows or getting out of your car, you can tune in and listen as we, as we, as we speak and as we broadcast. So, I mean, it's, look, we're not talking about hundreds and hundreds of people, but we're talking about, you know, anywhere from, from 30 to 40 to 50 people that we're really trying to say, you don't have to be alone. Um, and I think the more we can do um, um, opportunities like this of, you know, doing this, you know, we're also examining the possibility, uh, certainly not now, but after high holidays, if we maintain the curve where we're at of maybe doing drive-in Shabbat, drive into the parking lot, we'll perform Shabbat for you live, you know, broadcast, whatever, um, just as a way for people to socially interact. I mean, we've done the same with- um, Wait, so hold on. So when you, when you do the drive-in, when you say socially interact, are people rolling down their windows so they could talk to each other? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because we, we started- I mean, obviously we're, we're, we're taking every precaution. People wear masks. People do get out of their cars. We do ask to maintain a, a safe distance when they interact with one another, but it's just one of those things of, and I don't even think it's the conversation. I really don't. I think it's just the look. I think it's that look of seeing somebody else, panim al panim, face to face, and seeing 
I think we lost the rabbi for a second. And I think that there's something really, I think there's something really beautiful and really impactful of, it's not what we say, it's the ability just to be present. Because I think just to be is, is another form of holiness and just a way of, 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 of just being together. Yeah, it's finding opportunities to get people, whether it's a drive-in. We've done the same thing on Sundays. We have a drive-in mass at 9 a.m. People pull in. We haven't had the same success as you've had with the radio station. That has not worked. There's been, I don't know what's going We've on. We've only done it once. We've only done it once. Yeah, so we use Zoom. So people just come in and Zoom. And so they can, I, I think you're right. They like to be able to say, if I, I feel safe in my car, because we do in-person worship, but not everyone's ready for that, right? And so you can just pull into your car. You can look next to you and see your friend. And I love it as a priest that I can literally go up to someone's car with their closed window. And I know they hear everything because they got, they got their tuned in on zoom and I could put my hand up to what this last Sunday, I put my, uh, put my hand up to the, to one of the uh, parishioners car window. She put her hand up to mine and it was like this really, it was safe connecting, but like normally we would hug at the door. We at least handshake. We're a hugging congregation. Um, and we can't do that, but it was kind of a big thing during COVID just to go up to a car window, put our hand to hand, because it's, it's this connection is no longer the pseudo reality of looking at a zoom call or a video chat or just a phone call. So, yeah, I mean, we're, it's, listen, when, when this is all said and done, who knows when that ever that will be and who knows what the new normal will look like, but God is definitely stirring it up in us. And especially folks like you and me to try to get really creative and to think about how do we get people to, to, to do community together and also be responsible for our health. Um, and I think one thing that once the weather cools down, if we're still in this situation, that opens up a lot of possibilities for us to get people together safely. We were thinking about outdoor church where you can make like square off little squares and put everyone out in the courtyard and, or out in the field and then set up like a podium with a band for us. And families are in like their, their different areas are all six feet apart. We see each other, we hear each other. Um, but, but uh, you know, do you, do you feel though at times that let me ask you this. When you're dealing with real high-touch folks, uh, folks that you know uh, might be alone, uh, who might be really wrestling with things, whether it's physical issues, whether it's wrestling with um, mental issues, let me tell you this one. You talked about people who are sick. If you have a parishioner who is sick in the hospital, can you go visit that parishioner right now? I don't know. I, I, I called the hospital recently, so. and I was not able to. They, ju they just opened up the nursing homes. And so now we're meeting to see if can our teams go out and deliver the communion to those folks. But then the teams who do that, a lot of them are over 65 years old. So like, are we being irresponsible by sending our parishioners into nursing homes who might bring stuff with them to a nursing home, right? So it's, so what do you do? Do you just, are you just on the phone or how do you approach that? I think a lot of it is, a lot of it is on the phone. I think a lot of it also is just compassion. You know, I mean, I've said to, I've said to my members, um, I really wish I could be with you right now. I wish I could just, you know, come to your house. But I think that there's a comfort level that people are comfortable with. Are you comfortable with me coming? Um, are you comfortable with, you know, what, what can I do to make this process a little bit more, a little bit more helpful? You know, we did stuff in the past where we've done like a lunch and learn series, right? Our lunch and learn series is once a month. But we've had to adapt, as many communities and many organizations have had to. And we, and we, when we took that approach and said, you know what, we're not going to do it once a month. We're going to do it every week. Because it's just another way for people to socially interact. 
And I think the more we can we can bring in some of these programs and 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 allow people, you know, the opportunity to, you know, we see we see with services, right? Shabbat shalom. Oh, Shabbat shalom, Christian. Shabbat shalom. Right? There are social interactions that are happening online that are that take well beyond just you know from the service aspect. It's it's people just want to be able to see one another, converse with one another, and just know that every everyone is okay. Um, but I agree with you. I mean, I think I think look, part of the challenge today is am I allowed in the hospital? I know when I called a couple of days ago, the the response was um, no. Well, as clergy, does that make us exempt? And even if it does make us exempt, and we are allowed. Is there the possibility that you or I or others may bring something else asymptomatic that we just are unaware of to others? There's a strong possibility. And is that is that morally and ethically irresponsible for us to do so? And if not, how do we go about creating a sense of community in a world of disconnection and, and a world that is lonely? Yeah, yeah. You know, we're going to have uh, Padre Alberto Coutier coming on, and we've had him on the radio show before, um, and he's going to be coming on to talk about this. He's, he's, he's an outside-the-box thinker, and it's, uh, folks who might know about him, they, people refer to him as a, a Padre uh, Oprah. <laughs> uh, so he has, is a little bit of a, a major pers- personality on Telemundo and other Latin media outlets, and he currently has a radio show right now um, on there, um, and he's had a talk shows. Um, as a Catholic priest, and then now he felt the call to marriage, and he is an Episcopal priest. So he's going to be coming on the show um, on uh, relatively just the next couple of minutes, and uh, really explain to us how has he approached? Because every every priest, every rabbi, every imam has probably got their own creative way of how to connect with folks. Just just what two weeks ago, you and I had Reverend Lonnie Lacey on the show, uh, the Hamilton guy, right? And so he wrote his way of expressing his love. For his congregation to feel his love um, was to write that parody, the video that's gone viral. So your your, your daughter saw it. They loved it. Um, he's probably approaching 2 million views right now. But his his parish watched that video and they feel like, oh, my, my priest loves me. And they can all talk with one another and chat about it. Um, we all got these love letters that we need to write. You know, I've, I've had a friend of mine who has a parish of only a hundred people. And so what he does is that every Saturday, he just gets on the phone for four hours. And all he does is just call every single person in this parish. Right. So he, he puts out, and I've been thinking about that. I need to up my game in saying, is it every day or is it one day a week where I'm just going to set aside? I mean, this, I have to do high touch things. I just can't go on trying to create digital church and create these because there's so many more moving parts now in our job, right? But I can't forget the pastoral part because I'm not, I don't have the advantage of seeing folks on Sunday. We have a Facebook curator who does that now. She's the one who receives them digitally and loves on them and prays on them and stuff. But for me to sound, you know, so much happens for you on a Friday where someone comes up to you and says, Rabbi, I'm really going through a lot of stuff. Can we talk or whatever? That happens right at the door when people leave. I need to be calling all those people uh, and just setting out the time and, and maybe deleting other responsibilities um, um, so that, that's, we'll, 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 it's just it's setting out the time in your day to do it. And, and I don't know about you. I mean, are you, are you a phone guy? Do you like doing that? Can you, would it be weird if you start calling all your folks? I mean, I, 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 I'm one of these people. I, I much prefer the telephone than, than, than email, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I have no problems call, call, blah, 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 excuse me, 
cold calling any of the members of our congregation just to do a check-in. How are you? How can I best be helpful? You know, I know we're lonely. I know that we're challenged by And this. what kind of responses do you get when you do that? I mean, I think, look, I think, I think, I think the response, uh, the, the overarching response has always been, I really appreciate the phone call. I think that's what it is. And people just appreciate the fact that I think we're thinking about them. Um, you know, I think, I think in some, in sometimes it's, it's, it's multiple phone calls to the same person just to really make sure that they are okay. Or if they have a loved one that is ill and, you know, how can we best be that presence when we are, um, distant. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, look, I think, I think, look, as you know, they never taught us this in seminary. They never taught us the, you know, what happens when the entire world shuts down? What happens when, you know, masks are required to be worn? What happens when we, we, you know, we're in a situation that we're in? I mean, look, nothing could have prepared us for this. And I think that if there, if there is a silver lining, the silver lining, at least for me, is it has pushed me and challenged me in ways that I've never been stretched before and continue to be stretched, you know, with technology, with how do I reach people? You know, how do I, how do I, how do I bring programs that are meaningful? How do I reach the, 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 the masses here um, in a, in a spiritual and connective way? Um, it has definitely, definitely stretched me in ways that I had never in a million years ever would have possibly imagined. Have you seen other people step up to the plate too in your congregation to help join this this high touch and this outreach that needs to happen? Um, first, it's like in our church that we lifted up a, an outreach committee that is going to just call everyone. I think they try to do it like once a month and just to just to check in. And now it's hard to do that because if anyone sees a, like a number they don't recognize calling them, they probably think it's some political bullets or something that they don't pick up. Uh, but just to like check in. And so it's, it's been great to see a lot of other people step into leadership in our church and to say, hey, we, 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 we're a big programmatic church. The priests can't all do this. We got to have a whole team of people who really care about this, who are all just like what the, what the spiritual community calls us to do is to really care, care for one another, to love our neighbor. Uh, and, I, and I have been refresh to see like we're just uh, we're now opening up right we've had to raise up a whole team of ushers that usher ministry has sort of been dying for us um and, and so now there's all this new blood that's coming in because people see how important it is to have people who are going to follow all the cdc guidelines but also have a compassion and a heart to want to see people um and to be at the door and follow everything with hand sanitizer make sure everyone's wearing a mask before it was temperature taking but that's been dropped um and to see like, wow, we got this flock of, of usher ministry people, young and old, before you couldn't find an usher under the age of 65. Now we got ushers who are, you know, who are 30, 34. They just want to be there on campus helping, serving, growing into this next stage. Uh, and and that, that, that's been refreshing. And I don't know if you've seen anything like that as well, seeing other folks in your congregation say, Rabbi, how do I help? What can I do? Or I got an idea. You know, we definitely have... Um... We definitely have seen, you know, um, increased engagement with 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 you know, not only our our board of trustees, our temple board, who make phone calls to to you know to our members to check in. Um, you know, we are, you know, we are, for lack of a better term, we're a, we're we're a congregation of families. I mean, we're we're a congregation of families that reach out and are friendly and 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 just genuinely do care. Uh, about the livelihood of each and every one of our members. So, you know, in that regard, I think it's been interesting to see how we've adapted and how we've done um, reach out. Could we do a, a more improved and enhanced job 
I'm sure you guys could probably say yes. Um, we say yes as well. But you know what? I, I, I think we're doing really well so far. And, and I think that the, the, the goal is, you know, you, you, you posed an interesting question earlier on of being the new normal. And maybe this is the new normal. Maybe this is the way that, that, that we are going to go when things calm down and things slow down. That maybe maybe this is the new reality to be able to say, look, we're not going to, we're going to take that approach of making further phone calls, really connecting with some of our seniors that maybe live alone or, or, or uh, others that are distant from one another. We're going to still continue. You know, we see it with streaming, right? We will continue to stream our services until the cows come home. We will do that whether we are in person or still socially distant. Making phone calls, checking in, I think that that's still a reality. I think when this, when this new reality and the dust settles, I think um, uh, there will be some changes, um, not only congregationally, but the way that we interact with one another. I think, I think will be, will be, will be, will be really. It, it will be tough. Well, I mean, I see with my own kids, right? My kids go to school. As they get out of the car, they put on their mask. They go into school, and they go. They shuffle in one by one. And as they as they leave at the end of the day, you know, there's there's no real interaction. I mean, the last time that any of my kids hugged one of their friends. I mean, that was six months ago. You know, is this the way it's going to be that, you know, a, 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 a warm embrace, we have to hold off for that? Um, I don't know. I don't know. And how are, your, how, how are your kids interpreting that? I think my kids find it tough, um, especially my oldest, because I think she's at the age and the awareness of what's going on. You know, she, she, she puts on her mask, she puts on a grin, she smiles, she's excited. You know, but but she only sees the kids in her class. She doesn't see the other kids. She doesn't really interact with the kids in her class because of the guidelines and what's happening, or at least this is what is being told to me. I think um, I think my kids are lonely. I think they're lonely, and I think that the only outlet that they have um, is technology. I mean, like last night, my my oldest was on. I don't, I don't even know what this program is. Roblox, Roblox, Roadblox. No, I don't no know idea. What it is. I think Evan knows our producer. You know, they 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 walk around, it, it, right? But they can they can speak and communicate with others. So last night, my 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 daughter was on the on on the on this on this on this game where she was talking with one of her friends from school for like an hour. Now, part of me says I don't really like the video game aspect, but you know what? She's you know she gets off it and she goes, "Yo, Dad, how long was I on the phone for?" Oh, an hour. Oh, wow, it went by really quickly. You know what? Good. You're, you're, you're interacting with somebody and, and you wouldn't have done this six months ago. And I think that there are ways that our kids can interact, but I think, I think for the, for the large part, yeah, my, my kids are lonely, you know, that we don't, we don't really see anyone. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, I do think that the human condition, we, we, the human condition, we adapt well. And, and at first we're still in the transition stage and we're going to fight it and we're still going to do things. And people in Florida are still going to go out to the sandbar and hang out on Labor Day weekend when they really shouldn't be and all that stuff. Um, but for, for the rest, it's, it's, there, there's an adaption. Well, we're seeing it at our church right now. In order to go to church right now, you got to register. Now that's, that's, that's weird. That's crazy. The church is always supposed to be anyone's welcome. The doors are open. You can't turn away anyone. But right now we're in a situation because of safety is that right now we're starting at 10 people per service and we have five different services and we have three during the week. So we have eight different services you want to, you want to go to, but you have to register. Why? Contact tracing. That's unusual. You have to mm -hmm. even register if you want to go to the drive-in service. 
that's unusual. Why would you do that? Well, because God forbid, I, Father Christian, have I get COVID and I'm handling the communion that I'm giving to you, and you, and then then if I get COVID, we have to be able to connect to everyone and send emails to everyone saying you were at the service. Um, but that's a cultural, new cultural norm as of right now that we're just going to have to get used to. And we, we get used to it. We figure it out. You know, we, we, there was a time when people refused to wear seatbelts because like, that's not weird. That's weird to, to wear that in my car. <laughs> you figure it out. Uh, the most important thing, though, is for, I think, people like you and I, clergy members, to continue to get creative and innovative. Think of how can we get people either on our campus, like people right on the temple grounds, whether they can see each other from their cars or see each other from like different uh, places on uh, on, the, on campus um, and get used to just being community again in these new norms. Um, it feeds people. It feeds people. So listen, we're gonna we're gonna take a break here, and when we come back, we're gonna have Alberto Coudier uh, with us, and uh, he's gonna help us too about uh, how how what, what is what is, he's been in ministry for a very long time. He is a media he's a media magnet, um, and he's gonna help break us down. What are some ways that clergy members and spiritual leaders from different congregations can think of how do they connect? How do they connect and make authentic connection with their parishioners and build community during a time when so many restrictions are there for us to really see each other, as the rabbi says, panim al panim. This is a priest and a rabbi. We'll be right back after you hear from our sponsors. You're listening to a priest and a rabbi podcast. If you haven't done so yet, make sure to subscribe and please leave a rating and a review, five-star rating and a positive review if you can. We certainly appreciate it. That is the best way to make sure that others out there just like you can find this podcast. If you want to get in contact with Father Christian and Rabbi Durbin, you can do so by emailing a priest and a rabbi at gmail.com. And the absolute best way to get a hold of the fellas is to call into the radio show. This podcast airs live on the radio every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. on WSTU 1450. And you can listen live online at WSTU1450.com. And if you want to join the show, you can call in to 772-220-9788. That's 772-220-WSTU. Hey, everyone. This is Father Christian here on A Priest and a Rabbi. So happy for you to be here on this podcast with us. And and I want to uh, let you know that I have uh, started a uh, YouTube channel called Your Favorite Christian. And you can check it out on YouTube. And uh, every Monday, I drop a new episode. And it's always through the lens of faith, but taking on different topics such as dating, relationships, marriage, pop culture. Uh, I've done one recently where I went out to the art show and talked about how do we find our relationship with God through all the what all the latest artists are doing. Um, last week was what do women really want um, in a man uh, and interviewing different people to be a part of that. So uh, please check that out on YouTube. Subscribe, like, share, uh, put on the notifications so you get that every Monday. Um, I also want to let you know of uh, we this podcast wouldn't be here if it wasn't for a generous donor from St. Mary's Episcopal Church who wishes to remain anonymous. All he asked, though, was that um, the information gets out that St. Mary's Episcopal Church here in Stewart has a healing center. And so you can call if you're looking for a counselor, someone to be there for you 
during a challenging time. And you can call the church at 772-287-3244. We also have a group of Stephen ministers who have been trained over 50 hours of training to be with you and walk with you during a time of crisis. They are not counselors. They are trained just to be more of the presence um, of, of Christ or and, and walk with you during a time of crisis, whether it's a, a good crisis of having, oh my gosh, my daughter's about to get married, or if there's something a little bit heavier. So give us a call, 772-287-3244, and I thank that anonymous donor who uh, makes this all possible. All right, God bless you, and enjoy the rest of the podcast. All right, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to the second part of this show of A Priest and a Rabbi. If you're tuning in, this is Father Christian, and next to me is the most handsome rabbi this side of the Jordan River. Yes, it, it, <laughs> it, it is our wonderful rabbi, Matthew Durbin from Temple Bat Chayam here in Stewart, Florida. Uh, we, we, you know, I, I will say, Father Anderson, is that, you know, nothing gives me greater pleasure in, 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 a, in a challenging time when many are feeling low and feeling uh, the, the, the sense of despair. Um, and your voice and just your presence just brings such joy. You bring such joy. You made my day. Well, so, buddy, thank you. When you're a handsome rabbi like yourself, you get praise like this all the time. So, I mean, we just, we just, I'm just happy to be next to you, brother. Um, okay, so another person I, I, I'm very honored to have in our presence right now, besides our producer Evan Nine, the voice of the Mets. All right, yes, I'm just going to name drop right there. Um, is is also Padre Alberto Coutier, and, and this is the second time that he has been on the show. Um, and if you all don't know who he is, now you're about to know. Uh, a nicknamed uh, uh, Father Oprah, Padre Oprah, uh, because of the numerous talk shows that he's had throughout his career. He continues to produce them and develop them. Um, and now he's had, I believe, Padre, you, you're going to correct me if I'm wrong here. I don't think it's Telemundo, but another major uh, Univision. Univision has now brought you on and you have a radio show. He also is a parish priest. He's an author of at least three books that I know about, uh, about marriage, one a memoir, and one about 21st century uh, ministry. And uh, so it just makes sense to bring on Padre Alberto because uh, when talking about how do we uh, experience that, that spiritual touch, that high touch that we need to have as spiritual communities when so many of our restrictions are kind of removing that connection. So first and foremost, bienvenidos. Welcome to the show. It's so good to have you here, brother. I'm happy to be here with both of you. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm a fan at a distance because even though I don't live in Stewart and I'm uh, kind of a South Florida, Miami boy, uh, I do live in between uh, you guys and, and uh, the craziness of uh, Miami Beach and all of that down there. But I live in Broward, and so Broward, we're like you know, we're like the center. We're we're not as as crazy partiers as the people down south. But we're not quite as quiet as the people up north, but we're right in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, it's it's really where all the Anglo's moved to once they couldn't put up with the Cubans down here, and, and everything <laughs> everything north of Broward. <laughs> I, I, I grew up in a neighborhood where I was the only Latino, and now when I go back to visit my mom, I'm like. Where did all the Anglos go? I said, oh, they're all in Palm Beach or in Stewart. No. Uh, <laughs> oh, but uh, <laughs> it's how's sad, that for good facial talk this uh, Friday? Yeah, night. just 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 get but, let's get it stirred up. <laughs> that's what I do best. So this is the deal. We got tired of just the online church experience because 
as you know, I mean, I think the rabbi knows this. My 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 dear friend Andrew Jacobs, which I'm sure the rabbi knows, right down the street here, Ramah Shalom. He started uh, what he calls drive-in Shabbat uh, a few Fridays ago. Um, I started looking at some of the evangelical churches doing all this preaching out in the parking lot, and then I said, "Listen, we've got to find a way to gather people because seven days a week of Facebook Live is good, and it does build community." By the way, I feel it has, uh, at least technologically. Um, I think some of the older folks in our parish that used to criticize kids on Facebook, kids on Instagram, uh, kids on Twitter have have learned a whole new appreciation for this kind of community, That's online right, yeah. community. But I've got to tell you, when it comes to, and Christian, you know this, and I'm sure the rabbi experiences this too, we're earthy in our religious traditions. We miss the touch, obviously, the hug and the kiss. But now I'm talking about sacraments, you know, um, how you touch, <laughs> you know, the host, the bread, how you, uh, how you experience, you know, the sprinkling of water at different times of the year and all these things that are earthy that obviously we, we, we get them from Jesus and from everything Jesus kind of set up for us as Christians. But I think all believers have this this earthy part of the communion experience and that and that was the whole idea of bringing people together in a drive-in because at least there you you know you're in your car you're safe there's you're socially distanced for sure we transmit into the radio so it allows our parishioners to keep their windows up and they want to keep their ac on which many of them do uh this time of year it's almost a must right so uh, i'm the only one out there sweating really <laughs> but the good thing about it is People are gathering, and they're gathering in a place where we still do not know. As you know, in our diocese, Christian, the guidelines have been very clear. We are under closure, and we this is going to be our sixth month under closure. And, oh, 10 people coming, 15 people coming, 20 people making reservations to come. To me, all of that is, is too restrictive. It's not, it's not what the church is. The church is here comes everyone. And um, the drive-in church was what allowed us to, to do the here comes everyone. And uh, we had 84 cars last weekend. You know, over 120 people receive communion. So that's about a fourth of what we usually have on a regular Sunday. So on a regular Sunday at St. Benedict's, we'd have 500 people. Uh, there are people who are too afraid to come because they don't want to leave their homes. And that's perfectly fine. They watch it online. We transmit everything we do online. So seven days a week, we have morning prayer, evening prayer, uh, healing prayer, uh, midday prayer I'll have today at 12. Uh, and so uh, we do that every day of the week and it works. Uh, I'm sorry to, to, to inform most people, and I think the rabbi can relate you know, somewhat to this, but I think churches, unfortunately, um, still don't have a sense of online giving, still don't, don't have a real sense of all of this. And so many, many churches are, are down financially, really down, because no one's dropping anything into a plate or into a collection basket. Um, that's a problem. Uh, here at St. Benedict's, I can tell you, our online giving has increased 40%, you know, I should wow. say, has increased 20%, from 20% before the pandemic to 40% now. Uh, our, uh, our people sending in their envelopes, sending in their pledge, you know, via mail, the old fashioned way of snail mail, or dropping it in a mailbox, that's also working. Uh, but we're not getting uh, what we used to get before the pandemic. Mm. And so this is impacting all of our budgets, it's impacting the way that we do church, uh, it's impacting our ministries. And so this is the next stage of this pandemic. 
where do we go from here? You know, we've made it thus far. Where do we go from here? So as far as I'm concerned, my big preoccupation over finances, you know, over theology, over how do we gather people and help them to understand that they are still the church and that they are still believers and that they're still loved in a community when you can't come together physically. So what do you do as, as, a, as the leader of a, of a church or the shepherd of that flock? Uh, and you know the needs of your congregation better than anyone. You know the hurts, the pains, the, the those oh, who yeah. are lonely, et cetera, et cetera. How do you, like, is it through your prayer life? Do you sit through your journal? How do you start to think of things like, okay, maybe we do another drive a master. Maybe we try something else. Like, what do you do? Do you do research? Yeah, no, or... my pro my, this is my process. My process, I say, I listen to people. Uh, this drive-in church thing began with people in the vestry telling me, Father, why don't we have the services outside and we can spread the chairs out which is what they're doing in many parts, as you know, throughout the U.S. Um, people feel safer outside, obviously. It's not confined space. You know, germs don't tend to congregate. <laughs> and the, the goal right now is to congregate people, not germs uh, or not viruses. But this is what's up now. I listened to these folks. And what I first did is I grabbed my church directory. And I'll show you here. And I just started going through my people, and I started looking, who are the vulnerable elderly ones who live alone? And those are the people I called first. Most of them in their 80s, 90s, and I started just going through and looking and checking, okay. And that's what I did the first month. So after you do that for a while, what you realize is people wanna talk and they wanna be heard. And it takes time. So pastorally, I honestly, I could only fit in, I would say four or five calls a day. And that was the whole day. Um, why? Because there's other things you have to do also. <laughs> you have to take care of life. But, but I would speak to them and listen to them. And some conversations lasted an hour. And some conversations lasted 10 minutes. But the truth is, they need to be heard. They need to know that their shepherd cares for them. Their spiritual leader cares for them. And so uh, that was the first stage. And for me, it was very encouraging. Because all I kept getting back as feedback is, Father, you're doing such a great job. Thank you for keeping us together. Thank you for this call. Thank you that you're there. Uh, sure, the parish is closed, but we can call you and you answer the phone. And that's what I told them. I'll be in the office. And that's what I did. Um, I answered the secretary's extension and my extension every day. Returned everybody's calls. Found out how they were doing. Uh, prayed on the phone for the first time in 25 years that I've been a priest. Uh, you never prayed on the phone before? Pretended to give the last rites. Oh, wow. Over the phone. First time ever. Obviously, it's, I'm not going to tell them it's not the last rites because you got to be there physically and you got to anoint the body and do all that. But for me, it was the last rites. Why? Because I did it with that intention. And uh, when the governor says you cannot enter a nursing home, I was in the, you know, I was in the lobby of a nursing home. For one of my Jamaican moms here at the parish, Miss Carmen Plunder, rest her soul, one of the kindest, most beautiful people you ever met, 93 years old, faithful parishioner, loved her church. She was dying. And I'm talking to her on my telephone mm. from the lobby because the governor had just said, you cannot go in. Nobody can go in. Not family member, nobody, only medical workers. And so this woman really just wanted her priest. Well, I kept talking to her on the phone every day. And I said, well, Carmen, since this thing is not going away as fast as we thought it would, why don't we say the prayers over the phone? And uh, I believe it was her niece put the cell phone on her ear 
while I said the prayers for the last rites. And the following day, she was dead. Mm -hmm. Wow. So that's the first time in 25 years as a clergy person that I've experienced that. And sure. Um, I never thought I would experience something like that. I saw an Episcopal priest give the last rites through the window at a, yeah. a nursing home uh, that made it to Facebook, and it was very touching. Um, but we have lived a very strange time, and it uh, doesn't seem to be going away. So drive-in church, my friends, is the best way I could gather around people. And right now, there's a lot of grateful parishioners saying, yay, thank God we're doing it. And there's also people that come off the street that see the sign. I have two signs out there. I have the main sign saying, all are welcome, you know, drive in church at the times. I'm doing the regular weekend schedule, six on Saturday, eight and 10 on Sunday. And I go out there. Yes, it's hot. Yes, it's uncomfortable. Yes, it's not as beautiful as our beautiful pipe organ, you know, uh, you know, beautiful instrument that we have in there. And, and it's not as comfortable with the beautiful pews, but just to hear one parishioner, and I've heard dozens of them now, but one parishioner say, Oh, Father, it's so great to be back. Many of them in tears in their cars as they're leaving. And I'm, I'm giving them communion. And, and they're crying. It's so great just to be back here. Just so right. great. How so I, I feel that we've, we, we've accomplished the best we can under the circumstances. But if I come up with a new idea, brother, I'll, I promise you, I'll call you or text you right away. Say, hey, I got a new idea. Because I don't, I don't know. I, I think we've got to be creative in ministry. You know, um, we live in the 21st century. And uh, if we're not the 21st century church, synagogue, house of worship, uh, then we're fooling ourselves. We're just not going to reach future generations uh, with, with the message of God. And, and I really do believe uh, people need God and spirituality now more than ever with this craziness that we're living through, with this polarized nation, with the extreme politics. You know, you're either here or you're there. There's no one in the middle able to... to, to balance things out. Everybody's so divided. Everything is so nasty. Every every comment on Facebook is some extreme comment, you know, about the other side. And there's very few people willing to dialogue and, and bring things to the middle, you know, come on. Um, Thomas Aquinas used to say, you know, that virtue is in the middle, you know, come to the middle a little bit. Right. I'm not saying be indifferent. I'm not saying uh, be mediocre. No, I'm saying Listen, there's some truth over here and some truth over here. Let's put it together and build a better nation and build a better world and a, and a better church and a better synagogue and a better congregation. Uh, people need to be able to listen to each other. And I think that that's why this kind of gathering is successful. So when you talk about that, though, and the need for right now, which I would love for temples and uh, churches sure. and mosques all to be that that middle ground for for these dialogues i've thought about this we we had a listening series at our church that brought in a lot of black leaders and say this is my experience living in martin county and for us all to just listen to it and now it's like what's the next step right the next step is then to have a dialogue how do we get congregants from all these different uh, black churches that we're all friends with and congregants from our congregation and we can all sit together and now start to have these conversations with respect and with grace and with patience and ask provocative questions. However, doing that on Zoom, I mean, those are going to be sacred conversations and at times can become delicate conversations um, because as Rabbi and I have talked about, I mean, our congregations are purple at best, but probably lean more on one side. And for, for in this area, it's more red. So the views, um, the, 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 there could be some lot of different opinions. 
I don't know if I'm, I feel hesitant and maybe I just need to step up and get the courage to start to have those dialogues on Zoom. I would rather have it in person. If we're going to start saying, oh. okay, Pastor Gore came in, the Pentecostal preacher down there, he talks about he gets pulled over twice a month from our police. He talks about how he won't go to the beach because if he goes to the beach, he goes through a nice white neighborhood, he gets pulled over. Now, this is a major leader in our community. Can, let's, let's talk about that. What does this mean? How do we, what do we think about this? Mm. Uh, we know that Pastor Gore is not a liar. I mean, he's a leader in our community. He, he has no reason to do that. I would love to have these conversations, but I just, I get concerned that having that over Zoom and if it starts to go south, can, can we rebound uh, well? You know, I don't know. Well, I've never, I've never engaged uh, politics in my ministry. Um, I don't think it works. But that's I not politics. That's race. I think it alienates. No, no, I know. But I'm saying that if people perceive like you were saying, you know, something coming from the red or from the blue, or uh, then I'm uh, then I'm not preaching the gospel. Then I'm just talking about my my preferences, and and I have to be very careful with that. What I think, you know, obviously when we talk about racism right now, unfortunately, many people have politicized the race the racial tension issue. Many have politicized the virus. You saw what happened with the wearing of masks just a few months back. It's ridiculous. The virus has nothing to do with politics. Nothing to do with politics. This racism that we have is, is, is a problem for everyone, regardless of political tendency. So, so yeah, it, it's extreme. And um, I, 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 I would stay away from as much of that as possible and, and focus more and more on personal attention to people who need it and who are hurting uh, because uh, it's serious right now. So you wouldn't attempt to what I'm hearing you say is if, if, a, if any kind of spiritual community wants to start, because a lot of them are eager to do this, start having sure. conversations about racial reconciliation and the gospel of reconciliation. Do, do you think that online is, is really too delicate of a, of a venue to do that? Or are you just saying just period, probably stay away from it and just focus on pastoral care? And just the needs. I would, well, I, I have the conversations when they are necessary to denounce the injustices and to denounce what is happening. I do not have the conversations based on whatever the latest political tendency is. Because unfortunately, every conversation in our nation right now, maybe because it's an election year, I don't know. Sure. Every conversation gets politicized. Every conversation goes to one side or the other. And I'm just not game for that. So I would stay away from it. Listen, yeah. I love you guys, but I've got to go on the air. <laughs> Hey, man. So where, where are you going right now? You're off to where, where, where can people find more of you? Uh, well, uh, let me show you. Uh, this is my mic here. I, I go on through a system called Clean Feed. And uh, let me show So we you. can see you, but no one else can see you. So, okay. Well, this is the WQBA uh, logo for the Univision station uh, in Miami. I do it from my office. And um, it's awesome. What are you talking about to talk today? to people. What are you talking about today? Woof. I have a representative from the Trump campaign and a representative from the Biden campaign. Just when he says he's not going to do politics. Well, that's uh, this is not a preaching show. That's true. That's true. No, well, I don't. I don't. I, I what I do on the radio is much more secular than what I do uh, at church. And now, but even on the radio, I, I keep a very, very, very strong balance uh, as far as I'm concerned. That, that's when I put on my journalist hat, and that's when I have to keep it balanced. I don't. I don't take sides. Sure. Well, brother, uh, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, if you, you guys want to check out more of uh, Padre Alberto, is it PadreAlberto.com or what is your website? PadreAlberto, FatherAlbert.com in English, PadreAlberto.com in Spanish. 
So check it out. If you speak Spanish, go jump on air right now and listen to him. And but that, uh, but that uh, website's all in English, by the way. So it, right, it sure is. Enjoy it. God bless you guys. God bless you, man. Talk to you Bye-bye. soon. Bye-bye. Shalom. Shabbat shalom. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so it's, you know, it's, it's, it, you know, we do this thing called Alpha that's every year. And it's this missional way of us reaching out to, to, to new folks who are eager or curious about God. We come and we do it at the 10th Street Community Center right in the middle of, you know, right in East Stewart. We invite all these different churches and communities to come in. And the last two years has been awesome. It's been, it looks like a taste of heaven, right? You got Caribbeans and uh, African-Americans and whites and all, all these different folks just hanging out. Um, we break bread, we watch a video, and then we break into small groups and talk. You know, someone called me, I think it was Commissioner Eula. Uh, I was on a call with me yesterday, a re-entry call and said, are we doing that again? We can't stop the momentum. We have to do something. And I just, I'm like wondering like, during an election year, I know these conversations at these small group tables are probably going to go below the surface. And I just wanna make sure that normally I could walk around all the different tables and kind of tap into different conversations. If something got a little hairy, maybe we could jump in to help. But now with, the, with this setup with Zoom, the small groups would split up in the different digital rooms. And if something gets hairy, the last thing I would want is then now if we lose community. Now it just becomes people say, I'm not coming back because what that woman said, you know, it's just, I hate to think that way. Um, but I, and, but I do, I don't want to lose the momentum that we've had with other formation stuff, but sometimes online is, is not, it's a little but is that, is that, is that something that our society has created? The fact that we're virtual and that you and I can have a conversation. If I don't agree with you, yeah, I've, I've shut you out. I'm not even going to engage. And I don't even want to come back to this forum again. Have we lost the art of civility? Have we lost the art of communicating with others in a cordial and respectful yet? At the same time, I may viscerally disagree with you, but at least I'm interested and I'm willing to hear your side and listen, I, I, I think today with technology via Zoom or YouTube or whatever it is, that we've actually lost the art of communication. That we so just, would you, you know, feel if, comfortable if doing it though on a Zoom? Like, so if you were going to have a conversation about, let's say race, uh, and, and where really, what does the Torah teach us about this? We're going to have this conversation about this. And you know, from people from your congregation are going to be on both sides. Like, well, I just said, let's just say very differing opinions. Would you feel comfortable moder- uh, like moderating that on, on Zoom? Or would you say, let's wait till we get back in person or something like that? I think that there's, there's something about the, the personal interaction where there is uh, the ability to, if it gets too heated, uh, I, I think something like Zoom and, and, and the way that we're in, you know, one by one cubicle jail cells, um, I, I, I think that that's challenging. Um, I think it's very tough to try and stop somebody from their, there's nothing like, as we know, the in-person interaction. However, you know, if I gave a course on, I don't know, Jews and the Second Amendment or uh, Jews and racism, yeah, I'd be comfortable having an open forum via, via um, social media like this to be able to discuss it because I think it's, at least in my mind, these are non-political issues that have been highly politicized, but they're social values that we need to make people, A, aware of and comfortable discussing. You know, yeah. once we're comfortable discussing the issue and we realize it's a social issue and a social value, I think there we're best equipped to actually engage in healthy discourse and a healthy debate. No, I, I, that, that's, I think that's a great topic for another time that what you just said there. It's getting comfortable 
breaking this taboo of saying, hey, why does it have to be taboo? Can we, can, we, can we strengthen and thicken our skin and get the muscle ready? Because right now, and I, I admit sometimes, just pull back, don't talk about it. But as we all know in any family system, that doesn't work well. You have to talk but about it's the easy. Issue. It's easy to pull back. It's easy to ignore. And it's easy to say, I'll deal with it. Here's my Spanish here. Manana, manana. I'll deal with it tomorrow. Well, what if tomorrow never comes? Mm-hmm. What, if, what, if, what if life gets in the way and we forget? And in that moment that we had that opportunity, that we were charged, we were fired up, we had the passion and the desire yeah. for it to fall by the wayside. That's right. That's right. That's right. No, I, 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 I agree. So, um, well, you heard this is- it first folks, father Anderson agrees with rabbi Durbin. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it, it inspires me because there's been, there's, there, there, there's definitely folks in our congregation who would like to continue the momentum and discussion about what is it really, what does racial reconciliation really mean? Um, and I don't want to be a wimp and say, let's wait until we get in person. And so this, this moves me forward to really look at ways we can really approach this on a digital platform uh, because it is a hot topic. All right, man. Well, listen, you know, you, we, we got, we got some services um, before we send everyone off. Let's tell them where they can find us all. You know, if you guys are in Stewart, um, we do have a drive-in mass with Padre Alberto was talking about um, that is on Sunday at 9 a.m. You just pull your car up and uh, we'll give you an email. You can email someone to get a Zoom link. Um, also, we have in-person worship on Saturday night at 5 p.m. And then our worship services on Sunday as well as 7, 9, and 11. And you can register online at stationaryscourt.org. Uh, how about you? Um, oh, and then, and then you can see me get eggs. I'm getting eggs this Sunday. And you can eggs me, so we're raising money for um, education in Ecuador. How can we find you, my brother? Uh, we are services 6 o'clock on Facebook Live. We are Shabbat mornings, Saturday mornings uh, via Zoom. We send out Zoom links, so we uh, do our Shabbat morning service as well as uh, prophetic study. Um, and then we are online uh, Saturday evenings at 6 o'clock. And two weeks from tonight at 7 p.m., we will uh, usher in a brand new year which I think we're very excited that we are in 5,780. And in two weeks, we will we will let go of 5,780. We will let go of last year and look for the promise of this new year. Until then, we will see you next weekend here. And have a happy, happy Labor Day on A Priest and the Rabbi. Check on the podcast.